Senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, Scott Smith, joins us to discuss everything happening in Nashville as the Bucks and Titans kicked off joint practices on Wednesday. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buccaneers? Welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am David Harrison covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. My co-host James Jarko is off for this episode, but you can find him at SB Nations, BucksNation.com. And you can find us both on Twitter. I am at DHarrison82. He is at JRCO underscore Bucks. The show is at Locked on Bucks. Thanks again for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. What does Scott Smith think of Kyle Trask's performance last week? And how could that build into Saturday night's contest against the Tennessee Titans? We'll find out. But first, let's get caught up with everything happening Wednesday as we bring in Scott Smith of Buccaneers.com. Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com on Twitter at Scott S. Bucks joins the show now. And guys, if you're watching on YouTube, we need to apologize a little bit. Not for Scott, not for me either, but for Nashville. It's 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 really the Titans fault for being located in Nashville. Internet signal is not strong enough to support video. So Scott's uh, uh, face is, is unfortunately not going to be able to grace this episode. But we do have his voice, and and honestly, I, I assume most of you probably don't really watch for uh, for our faces anyway. So you're still going to get the good information from inside the organization. Scott, uh, first and foremost, appreciate you making the time. Appreciate the team. I mean, you had uh, a member of the organization in your hotel room helping us get this thing figured out. So how was the trip to Nashville, and and, uh, and uh, how are you feeling right now? Well, the Wi-Fi at this as shall be unnamed hotel is horrific, <laughs> but otherwise everything's great. And uh, I'm not sure it might actually, we might actually have to say fortunately that people can't see my face, but um, <laughs> the trip's been good. We had a good practice today. Uh, the traffic to the place was worse than expected. The police escort was not great, uh, mm. but the practice itself was good. And, uh, and, you know, I think we'll get into another good day of work tomorrow. Awesome. That sounds great. So I had actually planned on starting this conversation with an offense, then defense approach, kind of a traditional, you know, one side of the ball, then the other. Uh, but head coach Todd Bowles called out a group from each side of, of both of those units on Wednesday. Scott, what can you tell us about what coach Bowles said uh, about the, the wide receiver and defensive back groups and, and kind of how it fit with what you yourself witnessed out of both groups on the practice field Wednesday? Yeah, the wide receivers and the DBs. He actually said the whole team seemed a little tired, which I guess isn't terribly surprising following a couple practices to start the week and then travel. Um, but he, then he said specifically the wide receivers and DBs. Um, I guess I could see that a little bit in one-on-ones. I, the, the one-on-ones were maybe a little lackluster, but there were also a couple guys that really stood out in those one-on-ones. So I don't, I don't think it affected everybody. Um, but I, and I also don't think it was that critical. And he said they'll just get a good good night's rest and they'll come out with more energy, energy tomorrow. Absolutely. I mean, I, I honestly, so I think it was just an August seventeenth thing because I'll be honest with you, at in uh-huh. Nashburn, Virginia, Commanders Park, uh, that that practice it got off to a pretty dull start as well. Everybody on the side was kind of mentioning like, it just kind of felt a little little sluggish out there. But I think things got going. Like you said, good work was done all around. And and we mentioned the wide receiver group. Arguably, the deepest group is the wide receiver group. Um, how do you think these young guys are doing? Because such a top-heavy unit, and really, I'm well, not really top-heavy because there's talent throughout, but 
the star-studded talent uh, up top, and you include Russell Gage kind of in that group. Um, how do you think this young group has done so far in training camp? And then I know you tweeted a little bit about one of those guys on Wednesday during practice. And, and how are they capitalizing on this opportunity to get reps that they may not norm- normally get with uh, guys like Evans, Godwin, Julio, and, and Gage on the roster? I think they're doing fantastic. I thought that was one of the highlights of the first preseason game as well. And there's it, kind of two different groups there. There's the young guy who's kind of been waiting for his opportunity in Tyler Johnson. And then there's all the young guys – the undrafted rookies uh, like Kalen Geiger and Devin Tompkins and, and uh, Jared Stearns, who are, you know, anybody that's an undrafted rookie and all the guys are kind of small by NFL standards would normally be considered long shots to make the roster. And, and they probably are as a group, but I, I think they've looked really good. Um, one guy that looked great today was Kalen Geiger. And I don't know what it is. But he, he had, he was hyped. Today. I guess if most of the guys were tired, he was the guy with the energy because they were doing the one-on-ones. <laughs> And he was three for three, and his reps caught it, you know, got open and caught every pass, and a couple more pretty big plays. And after the second and third one, he was talking a lot, and he was hyped up. And we've seen a lot of good stuff from these young guys. Obviously, Jared Stearns had a big game. Uh, right. Devin Tompkins has been the thing about Devin Tompkins. Okay, so we're talking about undrafted, about five eight guy out of Utah State um, comes in good in. Uh, OTAs and mini camp and coach Bowles brings him up out of the blue as a guy that he's, you know, really impressed by and said, I want to see, I'm excited to see how he looks when we get to camp and the pads go and the competition goes up. And honestly, a lot of these guys, these young guys that maybe splash early, they can't maintain it and they fade or they, they take one step forward and two, two steps back. And um, he's, has maintained his momentum, continued to look good in, in training camp practices. He's a small guy, but he plays bigger than that because he's really he's got crazy ups and he extends and catches high passes across the middle of the field. Um, I thought he looked good in the game. And another thing I would point out is that he's getting a lot of looks in the competition for the kickoff and the punt return jobs. And like today, for instance, the only three guys catching punts uh, were Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, who's probably still the favorite for that job, and Devin Tompkins. And to me, that says something. That doesn't mean right. he, I still think Jalen Darden is the favorite, but they're giving him a lot of looks, man. And uh, I just think his his NFL journey is off to a really good start. Absolutely. And, you know, you bring up Devin Tompkins, so that's a perfect opportunity to plug the Salty Dogs podcast. You guys had him on uh, recently, a great interview uh, with him, great episode all around. So if you guys haven't checked that out, the Salty Dogs podcast is back, so make sure uh, you do that. And then stick around for the interview with Zion McCollum and that whole episode as well. Some some good things there and also you know, questions from the fans are always very entertaining as well. As much as the Bucks have going on on the field, they have just as much happening happening off of it. So we'll dive into recent news with Scott here in a moment as you gear up for fall you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders linkedin jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free create a job post a free job post in minutes on linkedin jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people when i was retiring from my first career looking to embark on my second career i used job boards just like linkedin jobs to make sure I got my next life off on the right foot. And I got to say it worked beautifully. So use LinkedIn jobs and then add your, once you create your free job post in minutes with LinkedIn jobs, add your job and the purple hiring frame 
to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast first listen or your first watch every single day. However you play, get the latest NFL fantasy draft tips from Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty. Plus, starting August 22nd, we're bringing you daily top 10 lists for fantasy draft week. Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Scott Smith on Kyle Trask here in a bit. But first, let's get caught up on everything happening around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. He is Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com. Joining us from inside the organization as the team approaches its second preseason game of the year in Nashville, where the uh, Wi-Fi is not very good. Uh, But Scott, there is some good news coming out of the Buccaneers organization before the trip. Uh, But unfortunately, it was prefaced by some not so good news, and that was roster cuts, which had to be done. Um, and for those who maybe weren't tracking it or aren't, aren't aware of it, tight end Ben Beast, I hope I'm saying that correctly, tackle Curtis Blackwell, wide receiver Cameron Brown, tackle Jonathan Hubbard, outside linebacker Jojo Ozugu. Ozugu, I practiced this at training camp, so I hope I got that one right. And then, of course, cornerback Ross Cockrell. Now, I assume the biggest surprise here is Ross Cockrell for you, as it was uh, for me and so many others. So please correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but can you talk about that move, your thoughts about it, and then, uh, also, kind of fill in everybody if they're not aware of the special circumstances surrounding uh, some of those other guys who uh, who their their time in Tampa may actually not be done in a big picture type of way. Okay, so Ross Cockrell. The first thing I would say is we back Ross Cockrell because he was playing safety in training camp, and early on, That's true. Early on, I thought he was cross training like he did last year, but instead right. he was playing exclusively safety. He even started the first preseason game there. And, um, I, yeah, when I first saw the name, I was a little bit surprised. And then I thought, which proved to be what Coach said later, they see the numbers at safety, and it's going to happen for Ross Cockrell. It's probably not going to happen for three or four guys at the back end of that depth chart. But Ross is a guy that they really what he's done for the team for the past two years, especially in the Super Bowl season. And they basically wanted to go ahead and they knew he, they knew he wasn't in plans. So let's let him go now and give him a better shot of hooking on with somebody else, which is good. And you see teams do that from time to time. I, I'm sure both sides appreciate it. Uh, as for the other thing, um, Ozugu and oh, Hubbard, that's it. Ozugu were both waived injured. And the way that that works is if they're not, then they automatically revert to your injured reserve list. Um, and, and at that point, lots of times at some point, either soon or maybe a little later in the season, when they're healthier settlement and then they're waived, but they can also stay on injured reserve. And one of those two guys, Ozugu was actually off to a pretty good start in training camp before he got injured. And I don't even know the extent of the injuries because when they get injuries in camp, Todd Bowles isn't really usually very effusive about what they are. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, you know, he's, he's, he's sore or he's got an injury and he'll be down for a little while. So he, 
he's a guy that maybe because he's an undrafted rookie, that maybe because they kind of like the way he was looking, if he does revert to the injury reserve, they might keep him around and, and see, uh, you know, after he gets through the end, uh, next year what they can do with him. Absolutely. So potentially hearing more from them. And then, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think, you know, doing a solid uh, by Ross Cockrell there, letting him go out and, and potentially find another spot uh, to land as well. And then uh, speaking of guys finding spots to land and, and their time not being done in Tampa, Carl Nassib back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm, I'm very happy that move went official on Wednesday so that we can actually talk about yeah. it here today. I mean, what do you what do you think about the move? I mean, it seems like everybody's very excited. I know he's excited. Um, I know that he's in Nashville there as well, thanks to your Twitter timeline. Uh, so again, if you're not following at Scott S. Bucks, please make sure you do. Um, and, and how is he getting reacclimated to being a Buccaneer? Well, it's just getting started. And both him and uh, both he and Coach Bowles, they said, you know, there's a ways to go because he hadn't been with a team since the end of last year. And so he hasn't had practices or training camp or anything. So he does appear to be in very good shape. And he, um, and, you know, and he's a good fit because he obviously came here in 2018. That was the end of the Dirk Cutter era, but he was still there for 2019 and really made kind of a nice combination with Shaq Barrett, who led the league in sacks that year. And he knows the system. He's a high energy guy. They think he's good against the run. And he said that he wasn't surprised that it took until mid-August for him to sign somewhere because he was kind of being selective about his opportunities. So I think he might have been waiting for one like this that fit well. And I do think that it was a direct correlation to Cam Gill's injury and, and subsequent surgery, that Liz Frank injury in his foot. And um, because he said that the Bucks hadn't actually been talking to him before a couple days ago. So obviously Cam Gill is going to be out for a little while. You only had four guys that really had any experience in the NFL at outside linebacker. And you really, the way that the Bucks have gone the last few years, you only need four. That's, that's how many they use in their rotation. And even the fourth guy doesn't play a ton, um, but as long as there's no injuries. But there was no proven depth behind that. So it makes, the signing makes a lot of sense to me. Um, he seems to be very happy to be back in a defense he feels good in. And the Bucks just think he's a really good fit at this time. Yeah, absolutely. And I know Carmen Vitale, formerly right of the Buccaneers organization now at the Draft Network, very happy uh, to, to hear that he was headed back to the organization as well. Scott, you mentioned earlier Tyler Johnson is is, is having a very good preseason. I mean, the playoff there, the playoff game, the preseason game alone um, for anybody who hadn't kind of been keeping up should have should have shown them that. Um, I got to admit, Tyler Johnson's a guy that I actually left off of my pre-training camp 53-man roster, not because I don't like him or didn't want him to do well, just with with the tough cut, especially in that wide receiver group. I didn't know uh, where he might be able to fit in with the, with special teams, contributions of guys like Jalen Dart and all those things. So Tyler Johnson very, very quickly making me look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, do you think that Tyler, you know, I'm uh, these guys always like to say they don't really read the clippings and everything, but humans are human, so they hear the things kind of going out. There was a play during the joint practices that he made against Miami Dolphins where he he showed some emotion. And, and again, I could be reading too much into it, but to me it was kind of like almost like, a, you know, to everybody out there who's, who's doubting me, kind of like make sure you, you write about that as well. Um, do you think Tyler used that as any type of motivation or do you think all this motivation is kind of internal uh, to the player? I think he probably uses his first few seasons in the league as motivation. Um, he's He's always been on a 
in a receiving core that is very top heavy with talent. So it's been hard to find a lot of opportunities. Uh, but last year when he came into training camp, I think there was a bit of a storyline about how he wasn't in the greatest shape. Mm -hmm. Bruce Aarons was like, okay, you know, he's ready to, he's, he's in the shape he should be in now, but that put him behind it. And this year he came to training camp in fantastic shape. And, uh, and I think that just, he's built on that momentum from there. And in the, in the preseason opener with all those guys out, Mike and Chris and Julio and Russell, he was basically the de facto number one. And I think he played like it. Obviously preseason is preseason and neither team was starting almost any of their starters. So read into it what you will, but he was clearly the focused guy in the passing attack on that night in the first half. And I think he responded well, but it's still not, I mean, you said you might feel foolish about not putting him on your 53-man roster. It's still not easy. I mean, if we presume that all these guys are going to be healthy again together pretty soon, I think everybody kind of figures that Mike and Chris and Julio and Russell are the lock for the first four spots. And the way that the the it's shaping up with all this talent, normally you would keep probably six receivers, but they may have to go seven deep not to lose somebody that they really like. So you're talking either two or three spots for Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, who I thought looked fantastic today, Cyril Grayson, Brashad Perryman, if he can get back to health, the guys we, the young guys we talked about, Devin Tompkins in particular. It's kind of hard to figure out how to, how to find just two or three guys out of that group that you can keep without losing somebody that you really want. So yes, Tyler Johnson's look good. And if you're, if you're asking me right now, I would think he'd be in that top six, but mm -hmm. it's certainly not easy. And it's hard to figure out who you cut in that group. You know, do you cut out Scotty Miller, who I think has looked really good. And I think he brings something a little bit different to the receiving core than, than some of these other guys. And, or do you cut out Jalen Darden, who may be your, the guy you want to be your kickoff return and who has looked a lot better this year with a better offense and he's making more plays on offense instead of just being a return guy about now it's going to be a very tough decision as long as most or everybody is healthy and i don't think you would look foolish on predicting any of those guys potentially not making the cut yeah not i mean a good a good problem to have right from the outside looking in obviously but i do not uh do not admire or feel jealous about the coaches and the and the player or the uh personnel who have to make that decision for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up very, very shortly. James Yarko and I will discuss what we expect to see on Saturday when the Bucs face the Titans. But before we do that, we got to finish our conversation here with Scott. And before we do that, we have an important message for everyone watching and listening about drunk driving. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. Besides, what are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even if so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. Maybe you lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car or you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Scott Smith, senior editor or senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com with us on the Locked on Bucks podcast today. We've been talking about recent news 
and the first day of joint practices with the Tennessee Tennessee Titans for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Scott, let's look into the future a little bit. So we talked about what's happened, what's happening, and now let's look forward. And by doing that, I'm talking about quarterback Kyle Trask. And actually, as as zigzaggy as this conversation has kind of been, first I want to go back to last Saturday because I didn't, I haven't been able to get your thoughts on what number two did out on the field against the Miami Dolphins. Some people are very excited. Some people look at that kind of that stretch right there at the end of the first half and say that's why he's not the quote-unquote uh, future heir apparent to Tom Brady's throne and all these. What did what was your takeaway from uh, the one-game appearance this season that we've seen out of Kyle? I actually was, I was fairly impressed. I would say that Kyle performed better than I expected overall. And if we can just start with that stretch at the end of the first half, I'm not here to make apologies whatsoever. And obviously, we can't have those turnovers. But the first – one was that fluky interception that kind of went through Rashad White's legs somehow and somehow ended up resting on the back of the leg of the defensive back who wasn't even trying for an interception originally. He was just trying to make the, the tackle. Now, you could probably say that the better solution there would have been to throw the ball away because even if that ball had been completed, um, it would have been like a five or six-yard loss. So it probably wasn't a decision. Maybe throw it at, at Rashad's feet possibly. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was a turnover I felt was a extremely fluky now you know the second was the the sack fumble from behind and maybe he has to feel better he has to have a better feel for where the pressure is coming from but we are talking about a guy that hasn't played a whole lot in the nfl and i could personally forgive him a couple moments like that but and, and then when and also when we talk about the positives particularly in the fourth quarter I want to have the same caveat. This is a preseason game, and at that point, we're at the bottom of the depth chart. Mm -hmm. Uh, All that's true. But the best thing about him there in that final two-minute drill that led to what very well could have been the game-winning field goal was I thought he was calm and in control. Uh, He went to a third and 20, fourth and 12, and he's the moment too big for him, and he got them out of that and kept the drive moving and set up what was a makeable field goal that actually Jose Borgas did make the first time before he was iced. So overall, I thought that Kyle would be a little shaky. Um, he hasn't played since last preseason. He hasn't played a whole lot in the NFL period. I thought he did better than expected, so that was encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. I, I came out of it, you know, uh, happy from from what we saw out of Kyle Trask. I think I take basically the same approach uh, that you did. You know, nobody, nobody should be crowning him the next starter per se, but also I uh, think he showed a lot of potential and a lot of growth from, you know, what, we, what we've seen, especially what we saw in practice. It was, it was pretty rough. There are a couple of days, but he came out there and in the game where it, where it counts the most, uh, really put some some good film down, I think. So now we turn the page towards Tennessee. You've seen a lot of young quarterbacks come through the organization, get coached, develop or not develop, unfortunately, sometimes. Is there a specific kind of point of growth that you're hoping uh, to see out of Kyle against the Tennessee Titans this weekend? I don't know if there's something specific. It's kind of overall. Um, they've got some good defensive backs, but we don't know which ones will be in the game mm-hmm. when he's playing. Uh, I guess – I guess you just want to see him continue to, to display that he's in command and see some to um, Jared Stearns for the touchdown. While I was watching that uh, at the time, I thought, wow, what a great play by Stearns because it was, he kind of had the, the defender on his hip. The ball was coming over both of them and over his shoulder, and I just thought he very smoothly responded to it, which is all true. But he has since pointed out twice, Stearns has, that that throw was just absolutely in the perfect spot. And it was a really, in his mind, it was a really easy catch for him. And, and that's a really nice throw. And he, he had a couple of really nice throws in that game. So <clears throat> let's see some more of that because on the practice field, we have seen some inaccuracy. 
right? Mm -hmm. I think that's what you were alluding to before. Uh, right. But in the game, he gets in the game and, and is making a lot of really nice throws. I, I didn't think there were a lot of really terribly errant throws. So command of the offense and just some more of those touch throws, I think, would go a long way towards me feeling like he is making some good progress. Absolutely. And of course, Kyle Trask's future is more of a 2023, if not maybe even a little bit later uh, type of question for the Buccaneers. But the next biggest question or the, the the short-term biggest question, I think right now is that left guard spot. Now you tweeted out on Wednesday, Aaron Stinney was getting first team reps there. Nick Leverett started uh, against Miami there. And you, you kind of mentioned this might be Stinney's week to get in, uh, get in his reps and kind of prove what he can do. Is this a two-man race at, at this point between Leverett and Stinney, if so, who who do you think is winning if you have a prediction like that? And where does Luke Gedeke kind of stand in this whole thing right now? Yeah, I'm basing that – I based that tweet today on the idea that Coach uh, Bowles had said before all preseason games started that they weren't going to just throw one guy in with the first team for five plays and then rotate another guy in. They would take each game and look at different guys with the first team for the entire time. Right. So Nick never got the first one. So I was assuming it'd probably be Aaron Stinney in the second one. And then he was getting the first team reps in practice. So that sort of made me feel the same way. And Brandon Walton also has been in the mix and maybe they'll give him the third game well, or Stinney. Um, I think you'll have a pretty good answer who they think is going to be the starter. If they're right. If I had to guess right now, simply because he got the first crack at it, I'd go with Nick Leverett. And the fact that they've been using Aaron Stinney, like he started at right guard in the last game, and he's played right guard quite a bit in training camp as well, whereas Nick Leverett has either been playing left guard or center. So um, I don't think that's anywhere close to being resolved. But if I had to guess right now, I would go with Leverett uh, just because he got the first crack at it. Um, but we'll see. And then Luke Gedeke. He has yet really to do much with the first team, and mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's an indication that they're not ready to make him part of the competition to be the opening day left guard on you know on day one. I still think he's probably right. the future at the position or one of the guard positions, but I, I think they're looking maybe for someone who has a better grasp of the entire offensive point because all those other well Luke all those other guys are holdovers that have been working in the offense since last year at least. Absolutely. And you know, with those young guys, I mean look, you don't want to throw them out there till they're till they're ready. You you throw them out there and they're not ready. And not only are you going to pull them back, but you're talking about a, a blow to the the confidence level and, and all kinds of other problems that you know don't necessarily uh want to have to deal with. So better to be slow and steady and smart with Luke Gedeke than to rush him out there just because uh, fans and, and media even are excited to see him in action. Scott, you, we love to ask pointed questions. You know that as well as I do. Uh, you know, you've been doing this longer, and I've, I've tried to learn some things from listening to your interviews with people over the years. But not being in Nashville, it, it kind of limits how pointed I can be really be. Is there anything else from practice that you think that that our listeners and viewers would want to know about from the first day of joint practices with the Titans? Devin White had a really good day today. He looked good. I, I have heard – I thought our defense in general looked pretty good. Um, Logan Ryan was back in practice today after missing a few days with unspecified soreness. Um, we did have a couple guys that left early. We haven't heard really the issue is on, on them, but it was KJ Britt and Keanu Neal. Um, I don't know, man. It was it was a practice. <laughs> it was a practice <laughs> that our that our head coach said afterwards that our guys were a little low energy on. So there weren't a lot of like amazing highlights. Um, mm -hmm. I did see Donovan Smith 
when they were doing the one-on-ones uh, with OLDL, they would, the way they did it, it must have been the Titans' way of doing it because it's a little different than the way we do it. But And um, whoever was lined up for them got three reps in a row. So it was Tristan Wirfs against, I guess, mm. uh, I can't remember who, uh, and, and so on. And then you got to uh, Donovan Smith, the left tackle, and he was up against D, not D Ford. Who's there? Uh, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree. Mm. And he had three straight reps against Bud Dupree. And personally, I thought he completely locked him out the whole time. So that was good to see. Um, I already talked about how Scotty Miller looked really good in the one-on-ones. I just, he just has that speed element on his third rep. Um, he caught all of his passes on his third rep. What he did was he had the guy, he, I don't know if it was press coverage because he didn't really put his hands on him, but the mm-hmm. guy was up tight and covered. And Scotty gave him a stutter step and got to the outside of him and then turned on the Jets. And you're like, oh, Scotty Miller's going deep. That's his thing. And the cornerback the clearly thought so, too, because he turned his back and was making sure he could keep up. And then all of a sudden, Scotty just stopped on a dime and came back to the ball. And, the, you know, the guy was lost. He was done. It was an easy yeah. catch. And Scotty had some room to, to then try to make a move on him and get more yards. And I just – I don't know. Then we were talking about the numbers that received. Somebody we like may not make this team, and I'm I'm kind of hoping that Scotty is there because I think he brings something that a little bit different than what everybody else else has, and I think he could be a nice weapon for Tom Brady. Yeah, absolutely, Scotty. Just in the in the in the week that I got to spend there in Tampa with you guys, looks looks very very good, and and I would be very very upset uh, to to see him have to get left off this roster. But like you said, lots lots of tough decisions coming for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that's, that's, uh, that's what you want. That means you have a really good team and a stacked roster. And, and that's what you, uh, that's what you need to have if you're going to be successful, a successful team in the national football league. So Scott Smith, senior writer, editor of Buccaneers.com and so much more co-host of the salty dogs podcast, uh, writing all over the website, video work all over the website. Just one of the busiest man, busiest men in the national football league. Surely we appreciate you taking some of your time out of your schedule for us today, Scott, and look forward to doing it again soon. But no, I always appreciate you coming on. Uh, these are good conversations. So Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. One more big shout out to my friend, good buddy, Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com. Thanks again to all of you as well. Big shout out to you for making Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or review of the day. Now make Locked On Fantasy Football podcast your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has get ready for your fantasy draft with locked on fantasy football like i said earlier james and i will be back with our final look at the second preseason game of the year for the tampa bay buccaneers expectations maybe some bold predictions what we think we're going to see out of kyle trask if you've got reactions to today's topics or any additional questions or subjects you want to discuss send those ideas into locked on bucks podcast gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 813-444-5841 for james jarko i'm david harrison until we speak again make sure you're checking out everything we're writing over at bucksnation.com and at bucksgameday.com find us on twitter i am empty harris 82 james is at jr corners for bucks the show at locked on bucks if you're out and about please be safe be kind to one another wash your hands fire the cannons thank you for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.